you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 185 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and on today's show, A's GM David Force talked to the beat writers on Wednesday, so I'll give you some of the key takeaways from their conversations and dig a little bit deeper into what's really being said. Uh, It's not great. So get excited, I guess? I don't know. Um, also, today's episode is brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off your next order. And as always, please follow us on social media, at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's just get straight into it today, you guys. The big headline, for me at least, from all of the beat writers' tweets, was that it sounded as though Force declared Jake Diekman, the closer for the A's. And then a little later in the day, it was more like, eh, there's still a long way to go until we have to decide. And then in Alex Coffey's piece on The Athletic, it sounds like Jake Diekman was mentioned by name as somebody who could fill that, that role, but uh, that's pretty much it. So nothing's really been decided. He's just in the running. So uh, yeah, not not much to report on there. Uh, here's the quote from Alex Coffey's piece, though. Uh, Jake Diekman, sorry, I sounded like that because Diekman is in parentheses. Uh, anyways, quote, Jake Diekman certainly pitched well enough last year to pitch at the end of the game if need be so I'd have to say he's an option but beyond that I think that conversation will go into February and March with Bob Melvin also in uh, parentheses uh, and emo pitching coach uh, Scott Emerson that one was actually helpful thank you uh, Alex uh, and figure out what's realistic we're a long ways from narrowing this down to a closer conversation so uh, uh, end quotes Longtime listeners of the podcast can uh, still see me struggling to do quotes and end quotes. Good times. Um, Anyways, that is a completely different sentiment that was being pushed on social media throughout the day. And in reading that, I was like, that's not at all what he was saying. He's like, yeah, Jake Diekman, probably. But I mean, there's still plenty of time. So I don't know. Let's see how the spring goes. Let's see if there's a spring training. Let's see how things are going. Is there going to be baseball? Question. I don't know. Um, So if you want to hear some of my thoughts on the A's closer situation for 2021, I spent the first segment of Tuesday's show, the only other show this week so far, uh, just talking about the decision between Jake Diekman and J.B. Wendelkin and some of the factors that will go into that decision-making process. Uh, It's just a few minutes, so uh, give that a look and a listen. Uh, A listen, not a look, because this is audio. So give that a listen if that does intrigue you. Um, But I'm just going to keep moving on here, and that is another big takeaway from Wednesday, was that the A's could be filling in their holes at short and second base with internal options if they're unable to re-sign Marcus Simeon and Tommy LaStella. Conversations are reportedly ongoing with LaStella, but Force did also mention the potential for a platoon at second base between Pender, Kemp, and Vimy Almachin. Uh, don't forget about Vimy Almachin. Uh, he was the patron saint of this podcast during the season, so uh, gotta love Vimy Almachin. Hopefully he gets some sort of role going in the next year, but they can also send him down to the minors if they need to because he doesn't need to be on the uh, on the major league roster now that he's fulfilled his Rule 5 requirements and all that stuff. So uh, again, I'm going to plug a show from last week, and that is uh, I talked about a platoon option for the A's to consider in Hanser Alberto, who the Orioles non-tendered and would give the A's a nice cost-effective boost against lefties, seeing as how he completely destroys them. So uh, I, I really like the three guys that the A's have in-house, but if the front office truly felt 
felt that they were the answer, then they wouldn't have traded for Tommy LaStella in the first place. So saying they're considering a platoon with these same guys for 2021 feels like they're not necessarily trying to put the best team out there. And I mean, if you want to go after Hanser Alberto, he's going to cost like two, maybe three million dollars. It's not a super costly move for them. And if they're going to do a platoon anyway, this is a better platoon to go after. Go ahead and do that. You don't need to have Vilmiel Machin at the major league level. And again, patron saints of the Locked On Ace podcast. But I also love constructing a winning team. So they're, you know, a give and take on this one. Uh, sorry, Vimeo. Uh Anyways, uh, Alex Coffey also reports that the A's would seemingly like to add a shortstop if they can get one at the right price and mentions Andrelton Simmons by name as a potential one-year solution until Nick Allen is ready to take over the mantle. That is her choice, I believe, is uh, Andrelton Simmons. And he's fine. I guess he's below average offensively most years. Sometimes he's a little bit above. But he does provide a very nice glove over there, and uh, maybe they can just go with the all-defense infield and make their uh, get their wins that way by improving their defense on the infield. That's something, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I'm also starting to wonder, I'll, I'll do uh, episodes on this later in the offseason once we have a better idea of who's on the roster, but who's going to be at the top of the, this lineup? Is it going to be Ramon Laureano and then question mark? Uh, maybe Tony Kemp, I don't know. It feels like they have a lot of middle order guys, but not a lot of top and bottom or, or they have a lot of guys that will be at the top of the order, but should be at the bottom of the order if they were making a better roster. So uh, things to think about as we uh, get into December here. But uh, last thing on the docket from these uh, winter meeting talks that the beat writers had, and that is that there is talk about adding a lefty swinging outfielder with the departure of Robbie Grossman. The internal options there include Seth Brown, Luis Barrera, Sky Bolton, Buddy Reed. Again, uh, long time less like very long time listeners at, at eh, not quite this time last year but uh during spring training I was very high on Buddy Reed I like adding that speed option but uh I don't think that he's quite ready with the bat we'll probably have to see him against some other minor league competition but anyways uh if they are looking for an external addition to the lefty outfield core or whatever you want to call it uh David Dahl is probably at the top of a lot of wish lists around baseball uh I'd like to see him obviously um, last week, I talked about him, too, in that same one with uh, Hans Alberto, the non-tenders podcast, if you're looking for it by name. It's like non-tenders and whatever else. Uh, I think it was last Thursday. So, like a week from today, um, I brought up signing Dahl for like two or three years, which he may not be getting multi-year deals. So, maybe that's how you, you reel him into Oakland a little bit. And uh, you bet on him to stay healthy for a little bit while putting him in a platoon with Steven Biscotti in right or left field. Depends on where you feel more comfortable. I think both of them could handle uh, either of those. Dahl can play at all three. Uh, Piscotti has been more in right field, but maybe you want to move him to left if there's less traffic over there. Right, do it. I don't know. Mark Cannon can play wherever too. So uh, do do whatever keeps everybody healthy. And uh, if whichever team that signs Dahl can keep him healthy for a full season, then they're going to be getting a steal of a deal. And I think that putting him in a platoon in an outfield that isn't quite as large as the one in Colorado are just two of the factors that could help him stay healthy for an entire season. He may not play over 100 games due to splitting time, which has been an issue for him for health reasons. But this is a chance that I think that the A's should take at two or three years Maybe they have to shell out $10 million over three years or over two years. But I think that he is the kind of player that could be a difference maker if he's only facing, you know, righties if it comes to it. But uh, he could play every day, but health is a concern. So you got to keep him healthy where you can. So you platoon him with Stephen Piscotti. Piscotti can hit lefties pretty well. So there you go. All of a sudden, you have a pretty decent outfield platoon with those two guys. And then you, you let uh, Mark Canna play most every day. You let Ramon Laureano play most every day. If you need a fifth outfielder, you got plenty of guys in the 
minor leagues. So I think that that is one big move that the A's could make. And uh, if they only spend a little bit of money to add Dahl and maybe like a reliever, then I think that there's a chance that the 2021 A's could still be pretty good with the parts that they already have assembled. Uh, I just don't know that they're going to be hitting that next mark yet to get into those championship rounds, uh, which I, I like to dream big here on Locked on A's. But uh, I'm going to give you guys my dissertation on what all this stuff means moving forward with the A's. So uh, stay locked in with Locked on A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. That is right. We are talking about Built Bar, my friends. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have their original 12 flavors, including peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownies, salted caramel, orange. And uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> there, there are more. I just... Just named a few, and I tried to get my uh, my usual orange in there, but later I threw you guys. Hopefully, um, anyways, back to the ad. All their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars, and the Built Bars are built for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on that is one word locked on and you will get 20% off your next order use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com welcome back to locked on a's podcast if you guys are enjoying the show make sure to subscribe wherever you like here in podcasts also if you can leave us a rating and a review it's much appreciated i love hearing kind words uh so five stars only i don't want to hear any uh you suck comments because I don't appreciate those. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, also follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So in the first segment, I ran down some of the major talking points that were being reported after the Wednesday chat with the A's GM. Obviously, Forrest has to be guarded in how he talks about free agency and trades, but this just feels a little bit different. Like, they're not trying to go through different avenues to create the best team. They're just trying to spend basically what's already on the books and then not that much more is the, the feeling that I'm getting here. And this feels like there's just been a mandate from the top down to not spend any money and that the A's payroll will be dropping significantly from around $100 million where it generally winds up to somewhere in like the $70 million range. And I think that they're already at like $60 million with uh, guys that are, you know, arbitration estimates and all that stuff. So uh, they got $10 million to fill in shortstop, second base, uh, rotation depth, and bullpens. So that's uh, not an easy task to do. So you could see why they're like, yeah, I mean, we're going to do internal options. Then maybe we'll do this. I don't know. Um, so not not super optimistic from what I like what I'm gleaning from the statements here. So if the A's end up with Kemp, Machin and Pinder platooning second and short, then I won't be necessarily surprised. The rotation they're planning on seems to be Shamanaya, Frankie Montas, Jesus Luzardo, Chris Bassett and AJ Puck which is a scary proposition because there's not a legitimate ace in that staff. And there's a lot of volatility that goes there too. Just take a uh, Shamanaya and Frankie Montas's uh, seasons from 2020. They were both very up and down. So relying on them to get you to the playoffs in 2021, while it's feasible, I don't know that I'm banking on it necessarily because of that volatility. What if they have down seasons? Then all of a sudden A's rotation screwed and they'd probably be screwed anyway. But anyways, uh, Chris Bassett, his number scared me a lot throughout the course of the season. He was getting hit a little bit harder than 
he was letting on by the numbers and whatnot. So uh, by, by his like ERA and stuff, his ERA was great, but some of the advanced stats were like, eh, I don't know about this guy. So he'll he's probably going to have a little bit of regression. How much regression is going to be the question. Luzardo was obviously filled with talent, but is he going to take that next step? I don't know, but I'm less concerned about him. And then AJ Puck, uh, he didn't play in 2020. So there's that. Uh, there were discussions of building upon the introductions that Dalton Jeffrey and James Caprillian had in 2020, but are they going to be bullpen pieces or are they going to be kept in the minors as backups for Puck if he hits the IL again? Uh, if it were up to me, and as I've been saying since day one of the podcast, I'd move Puck to the bullpen because he's less likely, likely to get injured there. And if he goes down, then it's easier to find someone to give you one to two innings here and there, as opposed to finding somebody to give you four and five every fifth day, because you got to stretch out. If, if it is Caprillion and Jeffries that end up taking up that rotation spot, you still got to stretch them out if they're not already in the minors. And if they're already in the minors, what are you doing to the bullpen? There's a lot of other pieces there that are relying on AJ Puck being healthy in order to keep those pieces in place. And if he's not healthy, then everything falls apart. And I don't like that proposition whatsoever because AJ Puck has not proven to be healthy. I think that he's going to be a good pitcher if he can be healthy, but you got to be healthy first. Otherwise it doesn't work. So, uh, that's where I'm a little bit scared in this whole let's play with the internal options uh, bingo that I guess we're doing right now. You can get the most on-field value out of Puck if he's used as a starter and is dominant, but with where the team is in their competitive window and what they hope to accomplish in the next year or two, swinging for the fences with Puck as a starter feels like it would be a genius move if it works, but just a foolish and predictable move if it doesn't pan out. So... Uh, it, it doesn't feel like the A's necessarily have a backup plan for if Puck does go down or he misses the entire season or he has Tommy John again or he's out for a couple of weeks or, you know, anything like that. So uh, that's where I'm feeling a little bit uneasy is the depth that this team is about to have because uh, they've, they've got guys that can do well at the major league level that are ready at AAA or, you know, that have seen time in the majors. But are they going to be good enough to get this team to the playoffs and beyond? I don't know. And so that's just what the A's offseason feels like at this moment. They have some talent that's ready for the next step on the pitching side, but they're far from proven. And it's one of those, unless, until you show me that you can do it, I don't know that you can do it. So it's going to be a lot of maybe a youth movement is what we need. That would be fun to watch if it's working, but if it's not, it was predictable. And maybe there should have been another veteran presence there. Uh, could these guys step up and prove to be integral pieces for the 2021 A's? Of course, but the chances of that happening aren't necessarily high. And for an analytical team that plays by the numbers, the, the chances here, not very good, but maybe, you know, it's the mandate from on high, uh, the, the on high John Fisher. So, uh, you know, as we get deeper into December, this plan of attack just feels like a hope for the best mentality. And uh, with the pandemic and the usual financial strains, I mean, I get it. But from a fan's perspective, what we're all going through with the actual hardships, with job losses and staying at home and all of that stuff that regular folks are having to deal with. The owner of a baseball team that's worth billions not wanting to spend like $20 million to make his investment a legitimate contender just doesn't sit the same as a usual offseason. So uh, thanks, John. Having a great time. Thanks for keeping our mind off of, you know, life. <laughs> Anyways, so as of right now, it just feels like the A's are playing to win the AL West, which they probably could with the team that they already have in place. But reaching further just doesn't seem to be in the cards. And that's not fun because we've been waiting on this team to do well. They got 
Chapman, Olsen, Ramon Laureano, Sean Murphy just came up. They're a young, exciting team. You got to supplement these players when you get them to the majors at the same time. That's how the winners do it. After years of just sucking and tanking, the Astros went out and signed guys. After years of sucking, the Cubs went out and signed like John Lester and a bunch of other dudes uh, and made trades to improve their team as the season went along with, you know, Eraldis Chapman. They had enough talent to go get him. Uh, the A's got Tommy LaStella and, you know, we're like, hey, maybe we'll see how this goes. Um, so th it feels like the A's are just missing that last piece because they have they can build the team that's good, but they just need them to be great. And, uh, you know, it just feels like we're on not necessarily the downslope just yet, but it, you can almost see it coming with financial constraints coming from the top. Uh, I assume that's happening because why not? Why wouldn't it be happening? And uh, you, you got two guys that are very valuable on the trade market. Uh, maybe they got one more season. I don't know. I'm preparing myself mentally. As an A's fan, you got to put up those barriers early or else uh, you don't want to be blindsided by another Hudson or Mulder or Joanna Cespedes or Josh Donaldson trade because uh, yeah, th those suck. So anyways, good times. Let's pick the mood back up with some Rule 5 speculation. By the time you guys are listening to this, the news is already going to be official, but the Rule 5 draft is uh, Thursday morning. So uh, as I'm recording this, it's in like seven hours. Um, but the A's have the 26th overall selection, and Susan Slusser tweeted on Wednesday that typically she could see the A's trying to fill one of their many, many holes on the roster through the draft. But with the, uh, the number 26 pick, guys that they would have their eye on could have been swooped up already, so they may not be attainable. She also mentions that they could trade for somebody that interests them like they've done with both Vimeo Machine and Mark Canna. So uh, I assume that they're going to trade somebody to get somebody to fill one of these roster spots. And I don't think that they're going to have access to some of the top tier guys because if you're the Tigers, hey, they're going to be terrible anyway. Why not just let somebody that they feel like, that they feel confident in, why not just let them go out there all season and uh, see what they got? And uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But they have control of that player. So you're not going to be getting one of the top few guys. So I took a look uh, real quickly at some names uh, from a CBS article, and I, I got two guys that stood out to me that were ranked like 8th and 16th. So here are my two guys. The first one is Omar Estevez of the Dodgers. He is a 22-year-old second baseman that is, has a solid hit tool. His defense isn't quite there yet, but he hit 291 with a 352 on base in double A in 2019. So if they wanted to, now that it's a new season, they could option Vimeo Machine down to AAA to make room for Estevez. And uh, he's a righty and... That platoon would set up nicely for Tony Kemp a little bit better. Uh, you could have, you know, Chad Pender over at shortstop. And all of a sudden, there's a little bit more upside potential up the middle. But I am a little bit worried about Estevez's glove. So uh, you, we'll see if he comes to Oakland. If he does, I'll do some more deep diving on him. But that's just a name to keep an eye out for. Uh, see where he ends up, because I assume that somebody's going to take him. Uh, the other name that grabbed my attention was Garrett Whitlock of the Yankees. He is a right-handed pitcher with an average or better fastball and slider, and his changeup also has the potential to be a plus pitch as well. Uh, Whitlock underwent Tommy John surgery in July of 2019, which adds just enough risk and unknown to his stock to make him somebody that a team ahead of the A's in the draft would be willing to trade for a more sure piece. So Whitlock, or any pitcher that the A's add, really, uh, would be be thrown into the bullpen and probably get a chance to work his way into some high leverage spots. And if I'm being honest, I don't know a ton about either of these guys. I read a little bit on each, but uh, you know, they're both fairly unknown to me. If uh, whoever the A's draft or 
trade for in the Rule 5 draft. I will talk a little bit about in tomorrow's episode. But uh, and just throwing out some random speculation, because uh, this way, if they get one of these guys, then I'm like, hey, I'm a genius. <laughs> Anyways, so those are just the names that stood out to me that also fit some of the A's needs and would also potentially be available to the A's at the number 26 spot. And if you're curious who the A's could be trading to get one of these guys, uh, my assumption would be it'd be one of their AAA outfielders, just because there are so many of them. And uh, that would clear up a little bit of logjam as well. So it would be using one of their AAA outfielders to get like a second baseman for this season and potentially beyond. So uh, that is what I could see happening is them trading, not Buddy Reed, because I love him, but like Sky Bolt. I'd be like, hey, Sky Bolt, you're going to uh, the Dodgers now or, or whoever made this selection. I picked like one of the other three teams that could not actually be picked. Not the Dodgers, basically anybody besides the, the best three teams in baseball. Uh, those are the teams that are ahead of the A's. Anyways, uh, before I get out of here, I just wanted to say that the A's also announced that teams that they have invited to be their affiliates for the 2021 season, and they are, drumroll, the Las Vegas Aviators, the Midland Rockhounds, the Lansing Lugnuts, and the Stockton Ports. So the changes here would be adding the Lugnuts, who would become their high A affiliate, with the Stockton Ports moving down from uh, high A to low A. So uh, Stockton Ports stay in, and they're still close, so that's cool. But uh, they're getting a demotion. Um, it, not nearly as big of a demotion as Fresno got in, uh, they were a triple A affiliate. Now I believe they are a low A affiliate. So that is a big step down. Um, anyways, uh, this also would remove the Vermont Lake monsters and Beloit snappers from their affiliation with the A's. If everything moves forward as planned, once this becomes official, I'll discuss it a little bit more and get into some of the implications and all that stuff. Tell you guys a little bit more about the Lansing lug nuts if they do become an A's affiliate, but, uh, it, it's all probable to happen, but it's just one of those, Hey, you're going to sign the I's and dot the T's and whatever. <laughs> Anyways, coming up on tomorrow's show, I'm going to go over some of the moves that the rest of the AOS has been making this winter. So you're not going to want to miss that because the angels have been doing stuff kind of, and then nobody else has done much except for the Rangers who are utterly terrible and trash. So I'm going to be uh, speaking to how bad they are. And that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, that is it for me today, you guys. So until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.